This is Opinionated. I don't really have a full understanding of it, but that won't stop me from having an opinion. That's why we're here. Join Features Editor Ben Schiller and reporters Anna Batakova and Danny Nelson. You know, crypto is no longer just about money. It's about culture now. It's like you're thumbing your nose at the process. Part of politics and part of sports and part of gaming. And it's not just the future of money anymore. As they push the conversation further with their own criticisms and reactions to the latest Bitcoin and crypto news from around the world. It believes crypto is bad and it wants it out. I'm even old enough to remember when Microsoft was a kind of cool company. Ben, you're old enough to remember when telegrams came over a wire under the sea. (laughs) And just a reminder... Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Hello, this is Opinionated, a podcast from the Coindesk Podcast Network. I am Ben Schiller and joining me today are co-hosts Danny Nelson. Hi, Danny. Hello, hello. And Anna Bedakova. Hi, Anna. Hey, guys. So Danny's going to take helm today. Over to you, Danny. Yes, Danny's going to take helm with an episode with Danny. (laughs) Just you on the podcast, nobody else. I'm going to be interviewing myself, manifested in a much more beautiful version of myself, Danny Schlarman. He is the senior recruiter at Ava Labs. He has been in crypto forever, as we will learn in the course of this episode that we're recording right now. He has got his finger to the pulse of this industry, understanding where the talent is, where it's lurking, who's coming for it, what the recruiters are thinking. And he's here this week to talk about how the market has taken a downturn, but the trends in the recruiting space maybe aren't following exactly that path. Every week, we've got a different report of this or that trading company or blockchain firing their staff in droves. In your position in the talent market, what are you seeing right now? So I would say one of the biggest hiring trends that I've seen recently is actually a lot of exchanges have been the first ones to have major layoffs. And I think the reason for that was they were the ones that were a lot more cash positive during the massive bull run, and they had massive expansions. They had massive internship programs. They were hiring external recruiters to also help out with their roles while expanding their internal recruiting teams. So it might be a little bit of company structure as well as like that positive cash inflow that really like affected the majority of what was happening. Now, you're not thinking so much about those teams, right? In your job, you, you got to go out and talk to the people themselves, the ones who either are looking for a job or just got laid off of their other one that you want to bring on. What kinds of stories are you hearing from them from their navigations through this bear market? So I'd say one of the biggest stories that I've heard is a lot of people getting spooked just because with hiring slowing down, that is always one of the first signs of something's going to happen. So usually the conversation goes, they just paused all hiring and they rescinded offers. Time for me to start looking for a job. Mm -hmm. Or they'll even see like the influx of projects slowing down. Like for example, if they work at an exchange, they have a lot of external partners that they're integrating their coin listings with. And if the coins are innovating, the exchanges have to be innovating because they have to keep up with all the new stuff. And when innovation stops coming, people start to get a little scared, especially at those companies. And if the market's down and people aren't paying for the product, like adding new features into the product, the product teams start to shift down, like marketing starts to shift down, and it usually ends up affecting the whole org. Those are kind of the stories I'm hearing is just people get scared. They don't want to be the one that's in that morning Zoom call 
where there's 2,000 people there and they're laid off, they would much rather be proactive in searching. Even though most of these companies are pretty good about giving uh, severance, they don't want to be in that situation because it's a lot easier to look for a job when you have a job rather than having that feeling of like desperation, like, oh my God, my livelihood, my family, everything kind of banks on me finding like a new role. And with the uh, hiring market, the way it is right now, it just gets tougher. So that's usually what we see. It's interesting. I remember probably from the times of Coinbase NASDAQ listing, there was this optimistic thesis that wherever the market goes, the exchange will, will always go up because people trade on the bear market, people trade on the bull market, but it, it doesn't look like this plays out exactly like that in this winter season because the market is down and it doesn't look like the exchanges are doing super well too. They have to fire people. Now, Danny, you said that people are getting spooked. I've heard of stories of people who not only are getting spooked that they want to, you know, preempt the breakup, so to speak, and do it themselves by resigning it when they have a better job, but they're completely turned off from crypto. They arrived maybe in the most recent bull run. They thought that this was the next uh, hot new thing. Then they're seeing Coinbase laying off hundreds of people, other top tier companies, and they're thinking and they're telling me, why am I here? This is just a phase. I might be really good at whatever I'm doing, but this is just, this cyclical market is not for me. How do you address those concerns or are those people too far gone from your point of view to then maybe take a step further and go to an L1? So usually the way I kind of equate this to is that the blockchain space is bleeding edge and it is very similar to early stage startups in tech because a lot of the equity given out could be worth nothing or you could be getting into Google before Google went IPO and went public. So there's these two different thought process. And that's usually like trying to find out what the core value of a candidate really is. Like, are they looking for something that they're going to be able to like build long term? Do they actually truly believe in the technology? Or are they just looking for a quick buck and looking to like hop on the next gravy train, so to speak? And that's actually a big part of our hiring process, actually, is trying to discern what type of candidate that is that's applying to us. How do you look into that, Danny? That's an interesting question. I mean, we face that as well at Coindesk here with journalists. Some of them just want to, you know, get on the journalist gravy train, so to speak. You got to make sure we don't just have those ones. Well, in an industry that's known for its, you know, troubles, journalism, I mean, 25% less reporters now than there were 20 years ago. Crypto media is seen as a relatively safe haven. It's interesting. Never thought of crypto journalism this way. I mean, yeah, crypto journalism, is it a safe haven? Is this the is this a stable corn? Is this an algo stable? Are we just <laughs> waiting for the next blow up? Like what are we backed by? <laughs> anyway, anyway, I was asking our guest here a question. Uh, how do you weed out those people who are genuinely here for the technology and those people who are just here for the money or for relative job security? Usually I can ask them when they actually got into blockchain and crypto and also where they digest their information from. You can tell a lot about a person, how they like ingest their information on a daily basis. If they're on Reddit, they're maybe more sensationalist on altcoins because they have a very big altcoin community that likes to pump and dump there. Like Wall Street bets got really popular on Reddit for a reason. If they're on Twitter, maybe they're very big into DeFi or NFTs because that's what the big community is on there. 
but also a lot of divisive people kind of like to be there because that's where the major news really comes from for like crypto Twitter. So I try to like take that into effect and also like when they got in. I've been in since like 2014 where I bought my first Bitcoin like in 2012. So I'm like a dinosaur compared to a lot of people. Dinosaur. <laughs> I could see if they came in during like DeFi summer or if they came in through the ICO phase like in 2017. Were they here after Mt. Gox? Did they see like Quadriga CX? Like did they see all these pivotal events happen? Like did they see the Luna downfall? There's so many different things that like scare people off. And if you've seen more than one super cycle, like... There's been an awful lot of downfalls, haven't there? Yeah, definitely a lot of downfalls. Now, you mentioned that some of the people may not have even been here for the Luna crash. How many people are coming into crypto after the Luna crash, having not had any experience in it before? Like, this has been a pivotal moment for the entire industry where we had a massive blow up with the domino effect everywhere. That is, a, if I'm coming from TradFi, I look at that and I think, well, all my priors are confirmed. I'm never touching this with a 10-foot pole. Are you finding 10-foot poles out there? I am, actually. And it's weird in its uh, different onboarding ways, but I see the biggest one is actually NFTs. Because the NFT market is very different from like DeFi and traditional investing. So I see people like getting onboarded through NFTs in like very different ways. And, and it's brought a lot of new fresh blood into the system and people that had no idea about the Luna crash or about Celsius or any of the awful things that have happened in the recent months kind of just makes everybody want to join in and they don't really realize what's happening in the rest of the space. I feel like NFTs are very compartmentalized. So we met Danny and Danny. The two of us met at the Harvard Blockchain Conference in the early parts of this year. I think you mentioned before the call, a full two weeks before everything went to the doghouse with the blow up of Luna. How have you seen the types of applicants and types of talent change in that time? Certainly from our perspective, everything's just, the, the mood has changed completely because the finances are different. Are you seeing that manifest in different ways with the people you're going after? I have. So I would say the biggest thing is there has always been a finite amount of talent within the blockchain and cryptocurrency space. And I think that really stems from the skill set is very unique and the knowledge set is very unique, um, especially for more crypto native roles like working on the protocol level, working with smart contracts, pulling people into the industry that are crypto native is a little bit harder because they don't know what working at an L1 or an exchange or an L2 or like a DAP like even entails. And it's a little scary looking from the outside in. I mean, personally, I had only worked as an external contractor before Avalanche with a lot of different companies within the blockchain space, and I'd never worked internally at one. So even me, this was a very big step in. I think that not even just like the Luna crash, it's been Luna, it's been Celsius, like Mango recently. Uh, whenever there's a bear market, it just kind of, for some reason, exposes all the holes in code everywhere for people to start getting desperate and want to start breaking things. And I think that has definitely like slowed the influx of new fresh blood, which is hard because that basically means everybody needs to hire new fresh talent and grow them, or we need to start cannibalizing each other. Now, with that new fresh talent, I think one of the most impactful and from a reputational standpoint, destructive layoffs we've seen in the last couple of months came from Coinbase, which told its interns and its college grads that were waiting for a job, oh, by the way, 
you don't have a job here. We can't hire you. They rescinded all these offers and left a whole lot of people in the lurch. From talking to a good number of these people, they emerged from that thinking, wow, I looked at Coinbase, the biggest company, the one that's publicly traded, the one that well, they didn't know this then, but the one that has its fancy schmancy documentary about itself. I look at that and I thought this was a stable company. And now I'm graduated into an economic downturn and I don't have a job. How does the industry recover from you know, one of its standard bearers treating people in that way? So it's hard because the last thing like the smaller companies want to do is pull and I told you so. But when you look at companies like Coinbase, Crypto.com, Gemini, Kraken, they all have like the exact same thing happening to them for the exact same reasons, which is they grew way too fast and it wasn't scalable. And that basically shows that they were trying to reach like a new level of maturity as an organization that I don't think that they were ready for. If you look at like a majority of the layoffs, they've been centered around exchanges. The baseline economic reason for that for our listeners is in a down market, people are trading less. When people are trading less, there are fewer fees to capture. When there are fewer fees to capture, those exchanges are the first to feel the pain because they are at the forefront of volume. When volume is down, the money goes with it. Just interested if you think hiring now is different than during that bull market. I mean, presumably when you're hiring someone to grow a company as fast as you can, that's different from hiring somebody to manage a company that isn't growing so fast and maybe is more focused on building, as people say, and maybe more focused on sort of core development than all the sort of flashy kind of crypto.com, let's sponsor Staples Park or whatever type activities. Uh, I mean, do you think about it differently like that? I would say the biggest difference is it's actually a tiny bit easier, which sounds weird. There may be less candidates, but the candidates that are actually looking for jobs see the stability, they see the growth, and they can actually see that we're making progress and moving forward. One of the biggest telltale signs of like a healthy organization is how the recruiting team is doing. Like If they're laying them off, if they're neutral or if they're like expanding, like you can really tell a lot about a company just by that. What's the breakdown though in terms of pay? Like if people were being paid in a token, I don't know how much of people's salaries are tokens, but the token is now presumably down. How do you manage that? So without getting too much into like our internal equity program, our cash component is the same. Uh, so most, there are a few that do not pay this way. But most of the L1s have a similar structure to us where they have a cash-based salary. So we don't really just pay people in tokens. And then they'll have equity. It's more of just like, do they see the value there? Because the same thing, like I kind of said earlier, you could have gone to Google and they could have shown you their equity like pre-IPO, for example. And some people were like, ah, that's not worth it to me. Like, I'd rather go to like a Citadel or a BlackRock where they'll pay me like $750,000 a year instead of like 120 with all this equity. Some people don't want the sweat equity and they don't want the idea of that long-term value. Where are you on this spectrum? You in it for the money or the sweat equity? Which one would you pick? I like building cool things. (laughs) Exclusively for the fun. Exclusively for the fun. I think that's why the crypto journalists are always in it. We just want to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do it personally because uh, I like fun things. I mean, um, I've worked in the video game industry. I've worked with a lot of tech startups, like as a consultant. 
And I'm at Avalabs working on Avalanche because I like cool tech and I like always being on the forefront of it. And as a tech recruiter, like being able to talk nerdy with all these people on a daily basis and get really into the wheeze about like applied cryptography and like distributed protocol and like distributed engineering, like uh, theoretical stuff is awesome for me. The, the cat has to say something about that, I feel like. I like to say he's my project manager. He does this sometimes. Does he ever regulate your workflow when you're just too far deep and he jumps on the keyboard and just sabotages everything? Sometimes. So he, uh, you guys can see this, but he has this little cat tower behind me and he's always laying on it looking at the camera. Do you think he knows? <laughs> Absolutely knows. <laughs> Coindesk is going to be 10 next year, so we're going to do some retrospective stuff. So as an OG, you should be involved in that. We're going to be asking a bunch of people about 10 years of crypto. I can't even believe it's been 10 years. I remember when uh, Coindesk first started reporting. It was like one of the first places you could actually get like centralized knowledge. I used to get all my stuff from like Slack channels for individual oh God. coins back then. Imagine the <laughs> Slack channel alpha. That is, that's a trip. So Danny, uh, just taking this forward, what do you see happening in the next six months and the next sort of couple of years? Do you think we're going to be in this winter for a while? Do you think hiring will be down? Uh, what's your outlook? So for us, hiring is going to keep ramping up and get crazier. I actually made a joke the other day. So I haven't taken much time off this year besides like sick days. So I'm taking most of December off. And I uh, asked my boss last night, I was like, do you know what PTO stands for? And he's like, no, what is it's like paid time off, right? And I'm like, no, it's prepare the others because I'm not going to be there. <laughs> and he started laughing. <laughs> but um, we're, we're going to have a lot of really big sprints coming up. I think that hiring is only always going to get more interesting within the blockchain and like cryptocurrency space because, like I said before, there's a finite amount of talent. And every time like a new challenger enters, so to speak, they're either going to have to cannibalize it from someone else or they're going to have to bring in new talent. If things are going like the way the doom and gloom everyone's forecasting, we might see uh, some people fold and some more talent get laid off, which means my job will get easier for a little bit until the next super cycle when we see more challengers kind of appear and then they start trying to suck up more talent uh, with their VC money. It's kind of like this weird, vicious cycle of like, what the health of the ecosystem looks like. And then also kind of just depends on the role because uh, some of these really high value people are never going to get let go unless the company completely folds. I got a weird one. Who recruits the recruiters? Like, is it just other recruiters? Do you get recruited by recruiters to be a recruiter? A hundred percent. And I always like to say it's kind of like the Spider-Man meme where they're like pointing at each other. Recruiting recruiters is kind of a rush, but at the same time, it's like a giant battle of the wits of like, who's the better recruiter. It's mental, like 4D chess. I, I'm not joking. Oh, tell like, us about that. When I say that it's because basically nobody can like BS a recruiter when it comes to like hiring. And if there's two good recruiters speaking to each other, you now have to discern what's actually truth and what's not. And you basically start like poking holes in each other's arguments and trying to find out like, okay, where does everything like really fit in together? Oh, I see. That's interesting. You got you got to like feel out the opponent and understand that they understand that you understand where they are. Part of that world we never think about. For me, I'm thinking the next six months, and I'm I'm looking 
I I don't know. I feel like Bitcoin's going to keep trading a very tight range, and therefore the market will remain in the doldrums, and more companies are going to lay off more people. Hopefully, uh, we don't see that in crypto journalism, the algo stable of the industry. But I do think that. Oh, you, you like that one, Anna? I do. You, you, I do. Yeah, yeah. What would we be backed by? I don't know. I guess we're backed by the cynicism of everyone else. Sentiment, no, sentiment but, analysis, yeah. But actually, when I look at new hires at CoinDesk, for example, you know, at pe- people who come to internships, they are so much better every year. Like people actually know what crypto is about. They like did some researches in in their universities about crypto. They like wrote a thesis about crypto. Like I'm looking at them and like. If I was to get an internship at Coindesk at this point, I wouldn't get it. Like I knew so little about crypto when I started. And now people already, you know, have have a higher basis when they start from. So, yeah, you know, like, numbers go up. <laughs> when I got an internship three years ago, it was, oh, I know how to buy a fake ID with Bitcoin. Well, that's something, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. It, it, look, it's a, I'm in it for the tech, right? I, I knew how to buy a fake ID with Bitcoin. And I had read the Ethereum white paper the night before my interview. And that was the extent of my knowledge. Dude, uh, and I would genius. not get it now. Uh, very stable genius. That's hilarious. So I didn't tell uh, my boss and a lot of people at the company my extensive history with cryptocurrency more because I was like embarrassed about it. But I invested into the Ethereum ICO back in 2014 off of advice when I was working at State Farm from a software engineer I gave insurance to. And I pulled the money out of my 401k and invested it. And everyone since then is like, wow, you were, you were a DGEN back then. Like, that is risky. That's very DGEN. That's oh the actual oldie. Oh, my God. Ethereum ACO. Yeah, that's like prehistory of crypto. Wow. Jeez, you really are a dinosaur. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I've been, <laughs> I, I still call a Coinbase Pro like GDAX just because it's like ingrained in my head. I said that to somebody and they're like, you mean Coinbase Pro? And I was like, no, it'll always be GDAX to me. Like, you can't make me switch. Oh my God. Wow. Now what are you going to call it? It's neither now. It's like the, they changed the name again. I forget what it's called. You really are old in your years. Jeez. I wonder if we'll all survive another six months in this market. <laughs> ben, what do you think? I think it's unlikely. I think for the, the sake of everyone here, we should probably end the show now. Yeah. <laughs> Before it ends us. No, here's the thing. (laughs) As long as there is tribalism in crypto, there is always going to be a need for people to report on it. I think as long as there's division of tech and people are trying to innovate and there are like significant followings for other coins and everyone kind of just hasn't migrated to one and decided this is now uh, the king, like this is Sauron. He's Lord of the Rings now, like Infinity Gauntlet. Like I, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think there's always going to be something to report on. It, this is a small anecdote, but I, I was at uh, CalHacks this past weekend, and Jay Freeman was there. And all the kids were like not impressed. And they're like, oh, who is this? And he's like, oh, I'm the founder, and I'm the creator of Cydia. And that's the person who did jailbreak the iPhones. That's him. And everyone's like, oh, that's cool. And meanwhile, my OG self, I'm just like, He's one of the founders of Orchid Labs, and my boss was next to me. He's like, what? And I'm like, that was the first ICO back in 2017 oh that like took public funding from like Sequoia and A16Z before they even called it A16Z. It was just Andreessen Horowitz. Like, they didn't have a crypto division, and they didn't have a public ICO. And he's like, 
why do you know that? And I was like, because I was angry. Like I wanted <laughs> to invest into it and I was so mad. <laughs> but it just shows you like this space has just changed so much. It's crazy. So the future looks bright for us, for the crypto journalists at least. All right, let's wrap this up. Danny Schlaman, thanks very much for joining the show. Danny is a senior recruiter at Avalanche, and you've been listening to the inimitable Danny Nelson and Anna Bedakova. And I'm Ben Schiller, and this is another episode of Opinionated. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. And now, a teaser from Coindesk's newest podcast, Women Who Web 3. Welcome to Coindesk's Women Who Web 3 podcast, your weekly podcast celebrating women supporting women, investing in women, and bridging the gender gap in wealth through Web 3. Each week, we'll be learning from powerful women, sharing their insights on topics like creating belonging and inclusivity in the digital spaces, the metaverse, building prosperous Web 3 projects, investing in cryptocurrencies and building wealth. And we have how-tos from founders and builders who have been there and done that, healing sessions to give you the power to overcome imposter syndrome and everything you need to level up in your crypto journey. At the end of each podcast, stick around for some Zen with a relaxing meditation to center you after absorbing all the stories and the knowledge. I'm your host, Cams, and I'm on a mission to empower women across the globe to unlock the unlimited potential and earning power inside themselves through Web3. Whether you're just crypto curious or a crypto connoisseur, this podcast is for you. Let's get it. You've been listening to Opinionated with Ben Schiller, Anna Badakova, and Danny Nelson. This episode has been produced and edited by Eleanor Paul with announcements by Michelle Mousseau. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at podcast at coindesk.com, subject line, Opinionated. Or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.